0: You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com.
1: I've long heard the science fiction fantasy that perhaps our entire universe is a simulation A fake. That perhaps everything we see and know is a gigantic computer game of sorts, the creation of super smart hackers existing somewhere else. What I've not heard until recently is that some scientists take this simulation seriously. Before you smirk and laugh, Watch and think. Could our universe be a fake? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. David Brin is an award-winning science fiction writer who was trained as a space scientist. He challenges conventional wisdom. I like his way of thinking. David, as a scientist and a science fiction writer, as you look at reality, however you imagine it, you have unusual ways to do that, what explanations do you see?
2: Well, you have your typical God created a cosmos in a limited time frame, and a limited spatial frame in order to achieve certain theological aims. You have the Big Bang, you have all the variants upon the Big Bang, string theory and all of that sort of thing in a materialistic explanation. Throughout time there have been the notions that it's all a simulation.
1: What, late, what does that mean, well, simulation?
2: Well, the, the latest version is that there may be, it may be the year 2050 and we're all living in a computer simulation of, of what life was like in the earlier part of the 21st century, or we may be billions of years from now in a simulation of what planets were like, what primitive people were like. And it's actually uh, very, very similar to many older notions that life is all a dream. There was a famous Chinese parable that the emperor dreamed that he was a butterfly, dreaming that he was an emperor. So this notion goes back a long way, that it's more metaphysical, whereas both the standard God created everything and the reductionist scientific one are more mechanical. They're more physical, more palpable. The great science fiction author, Olaf Stapleton, combined these The creator, uh, only it was sequentially. It was not computer simulations. He simply kept making universes after universes, looking for one that he was happy with. But he left the old ones functioning. And a man goes out in a spaceship, finds the creator, and says, hey, uh, what are you doing? Why'd you leave us? I got things to do. (laughs) So the mind is capable of expanding beyond whatever we now have envisioned through the art of metaphor.
1: So metaphor becomes a vehicle for accessing reality?
2: Metaphors are useful as providing grist for us then to experiment with.
1: Are you saying that the only way that we can access reality, real reality, not science fiction reality, is through experiment?
2: By interacting with others and getting criticism and pounding it back and forth and testing theories and carving away and doing experimentations, I can't find out what this chair is. But i can find out what it is not i can carve away the mistakes and i can start to bracket objective reality
1: well but are there things that are real that science through its experimentation cannot get at Mm -hmm. in 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 theory not just because of current technology
2: i am an arrogant member of my generation i say no i say Let's get at it.
1: So all reality can be accessed through science?
2: Unless we're a simulation, and even so, I think there are probably backdoors. If we're living in a simulation, then everything is software, including the atoms inside our head, the, the neurons inside our head, and there may be backdoors that the programmers left ajar. I think if we're kept trapped, I take the challenge, and I say to whoever's trapped us, you know, if you're good, You'll be proud of us when we break out.
1: Sure, David's a science fiction writer. His job is to conjure up radical ideas. Has anyone thought rigorously about our world being a simulation, being a fake? Nick Bostrom a Swedish philosopher, is director of the Future of Humanity Institute at the University of Oxford. He takes the simulation notion quite seriously.
3: Let me first explain what I mean by a simulation, an ancestor simulation. The idea is that you could have a very technologically advanced civilization with the capability of creating computers that could run detailed simulations of people like their historical predecessors. So this would be a bit like the matrix, except that instead of having brains in vats that are fed these sensory inputs from a simulated world, the brains also would be part of the simulation. So it would just be one big computer program simulating human brains and their experiences down at the appropriate level of detail, individual nerve cells or synapses. Now, the simulation argument doesn't try to show that we are living in a simulation. Instead, it tries to show that one of three possibilities is true. The first of these three is that almost all uh, civilizations at our current level of development become extinct before becoming technologically mature. So they they blow themselves up when they develop some advanced technology or something. The second possibility is that there is a very strong convergence among all technologically mature civilizations, such that they all lose interest in creating these uh, ancestor simulations. They're just not interested. Uh, And the third possibility is that we are uh, literally living in one of these uh, computer simulations. Those are
1: three pretty
3: stark choices. Those are three pretty stark choices. Uh, so each one would be very interesting if it was the true one.
1: And there's no other possibility. It's one of There has to be one yeah, of those according
3: three. to Yeah, if the simulation argument is right, it shows that one of those three is the true one. So assume that the first possibility is not true. Then there will be eventually some um, civilizations that are mature. Uh, and also assume that the second uh, possibility does not obtain. So at least some of these mature civilizations use some fraction of their computational resources. Then you can show that because the technological capabilities that such a mature civilization would have would be so extreme, they would be able, even by devoting a tiny fraction of their computers to this end, uh, they could create astronomical numbers of these ancestor simulations. Which means that if you reject the first two possibilities, you have to conclude that there will be many more simulated people like us than non-simulated people like us. If that's the way the world is, that almost all people like you, having this kind of visual experience of talking to me, and are simulated, then by a principle of indifference that you can argue independently for, you should think you're probably one of the simulated one, rather than one of the very rare, exceptional, non-simulated ones.
1: Those people who are simulating this civilization may appear to us as gods, but they're not the real gods, if there is such a
3: thing. The simulation argument is not an attempt to refute theism or to prove theism for that matter. But the simulation argument would imply a weaker form of creation hypothesis, which is that the simulators would have some of the attributes we might traditionally associate with uh, gods, in the sense that they would have created our world, and they would probably be super intelligent because the technology that would be required to build an ancestor simulation is so advanced that they would have to be, uh, you know, far superior to us intellectually to be able to do it, but again, they wouldn't have to be unlimited or infinite minds. And they could intervene in the world, our experiential world, if they wanted to, by manipulating the simulation, and they would have some of the capabilities of omnipotence in the sense that they could change anything they wanted about our world. That's a happy thought.
1: So here's Nick's argument. All civilizations in the cosmos either destroy themselves before becoming technologically advanced, or they lose interest in creating world simulations, because if even one advanced civilization anywhere in the cosmos can create such simulations, we are almost certainly living in one. The logic kind of makes sense. But an underlying assumption is that consciousness, our inner mental life, can be simulated. Does any working scientist take this simulation idea seriously? Ray Kurzweil, inventor and technology visionary, explores as no one else the deep meaning of what happens when computing power grows exponentially. I meet Ray in his office in Boston. Ray, some very intelligent scientists have now begun speculating that maybe we're living in a simulation. Is there any coherence to this? Well, first of all, it's not, it's not clear there's much difference between
4: simulation and reality. Uh, w- sometimes I talk about, we'll be able to simulate human intelligence and then some philosophers come and say, well, that's a simulation and that's not the real thing. And if you simulate something as precise as the original thing, I don't think actually there is a difference. Uh, this universe could have been created by some super intelligence in another universe, so, so maybe we're the whole, our whole universe is a junior high school science experiment of some super intelligent junior high school student in another universe and maybe she won't get such a good grade given the way things are going. But, <laughs> but still, it's a real universe and it follows certain laws as best we can tell and maybe that junior high school student intervenes sometimes. You know, if we actually were able to contemplate that intelligence, that junior high school student, it would seem like a god from any perspective that you know the religious texts talk about but that's a plausible scenario because we will get to a point where our civilization will be sublimely intelligent and we may actually be able to create another universe cuz we'll have enough command of of physical interactions another possibility is that our our universe actually runs on a computer because people have examined physical laws as a set of computational processes and it's, it's really quite plausible to say our our universe is a computer we have this idea, at least in the Western philosophies, that what, what really is true of the universe that fundamentally it's a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of particles and energy and it's real physical stuff. And the stuff can maybe represent information, but basically it's stuff. Well maybe fundamentally it's not stuff, it's fundamentally information. And what we call stuff, like particles and electrons and protons, these are just manifestations of, of information structures and the most fundamental aspect of the universe is information. Well, that information is is constantly changing, it's being manipulated, it's running on some computational substrate. That would mean the universe is a computer. If I think about, well, what am I? I'm really an information structure, I'm a pattern of information. If you say, no, Ray, you're these atoms, molecules that make you up. Well, that's not true. We know that the cells, depending on what cell it is, it turns over in five days, two weeks. Uh, the neurons persist as cells, but the parts of the neurons t- change over very quickly. I'm completely different stuff, particles, molecules, than I was just a short time ago. But I'm not completely different information. Yes, I've changed somewhat, but there's a real continuity. Most of the patterns are the same. And so fundamentally, what Ray Kurzweil is, 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 is information. It's a pattern of information. So I, I'm. A patternist, I think, patterns, which means information, uh, is the fundamental reality. And they run very similarly to what we
1: Ray's an original. Information is more fundamental than stuff. Information is the real reality. Therefore, says Ray, there is little difference between reality and a simulation. Ray's ideas are extreme. That doesn't make them wrong. I'm captivated, but not convinced. Either way, humanity's future hangs in the balance. I go across town to MIT to see Marvin Minsky, a legendary founder of artificial intelligence, and Ray Kurzweil's mentor. That's one of these, and that's one of those.
0: The idea that the world is a simulation maybe comes from some early science fiction where some of the writers imagined uh, people playing games, and at some point, inside the game world, some creatures appeared who weren't the players. It's perfectly possible that we are the production of some very powerful, complicated programs running in some big computer somewhere else, and there's really no way to distinguish that from what we call reality. Uh, Maybe it simulated all of evolution, and uh, it was set up by someone who wanted to see what would happen on a planet like Earth.
1: There may be different kinds of simulations. Uh, there could be the brain in the vat where we have real brains, but somehow, like a matrix it 's got a hold of and be- being fed in all information. Another kind can be we 're literally on some supercomputer, maybe a good one or a bad one and, and a third could be that we we are being uh, simulated, but but there 's a real physical world but has been created to be a, a, a simulated but a real physical world, not a virtual world, but a real world. It's, it would be very
0: hard to distinguish between all those unless the programmer has made some slip so that you, <clears throat> if you notice that some laws of physics aren't quite right and then you look at the data very closely, you see, oh, it looks like round-off error. So there's a sort of interesting possibility that Even if we were simulated, we might be able to find some technique that would notice some of the grain of the computer being used is is showing through a little bit.
1: Do you take any of that seriously, or it's just an interesting exploratory way of thinking about the world?
0: Well, my friend Edward Fredkin, who originated a lot of the theory of what's called cellular automata, has been developing some theories of physics in which space is made of little separate points. And Fredkin has suggested some ways that some laws of physics could appear in there which would look very much like real physics except that if you tilted the experiment just right, you could see the uh, the sort of crystal planes in this discrete world. And so some very careful experiments might show a grain to the nature of space that we don't see ordinarily. And again, that might show that the world, the real world that we're being simulated in is slightly different from what we thought. So there's a great future there as physics instruments become more and more accurate. They could show up new clues to what reality really is or isn't.
1: So what would you feel if you found those those anomalies so that that indicated that this was a simulation? What would your emotion be? as a computer scientist. Oh,
0: I'd be very excited because uh, first it would mean that the universe was more easy to understand than we had thought, and that we might even find ways to change it. And once you understand physics, this is always powerful. If it turns out that physics is actually discrete and separate points, then maybe we could invent new devices that exploit that. and. Uh, every discovery in science leads to wonderful new applications.
1: would also mean, though, that, that our level of reality is not the ultimate reality and that you can do all your nice little things in our world, but that you have no understanding of what the real reality may be.
0: Yes, and uh, that might be a great thing, because otherwise we have to say, is this all there is? So wouldn't it be nice to know that we're really part of a bigger universe?
1: say this about Marvin there are no fences where he sits he'd love it if our universe were a simulation i need a reality check i go to martin Rees, the uk astronomer royal who is both a bold visionary and a hard-nosed realist We meet in his on-campus home at Cambridge University. Martin, in my search among all different kinds of explanations for reality, I came across the speculation that maybe our universe is a simulation, a fake. Some people take it very seriously, and I began to realize that in order to have
5: a comprehensive look at reality,
1: maybe that's something we should consider. You agree?
5: Well, it's a bit flaky, but it's a fascinating <laughs> idea, and I think it really raises questions of uh, what are the limits of the powers of computers. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, being an astronomer myself, um, I realise the importance of computers because we can't do experiments on stars and galaxies, but we can have a virtual universe in our computer. and. Imagine what happens if you crash galaxies together or evolve stars, etc. So we can simulate some features of the universe in a gross sense in our computers. And we have to ask, if computers were to be vastly more powerful, what could you simulate? And that then, of course, uh, raises the question, could we ourselves be in such a simulation uh, in some sort of computer which has been produced by some very, very advanced Civilization. and that civilization, of course, itself may be computer-based, because it could be that when we get beyond the human stage, it will be a silicon-based intelligence that takes over from organic intelligence. But it's not crazy to believe that uh, at some time in the far future there could be computers which could do a simulation of uh, a fairly large fraction of uh, a world. Now the argument goes from there that if it's
1: conceivable that it could happen at some future time, Mm -hmm. that at that time it would become so prevalent so that if you look backwards, the likelihood of any situation we're in would have a high likelihood that you're a simulation, because if it could be done, it would be done in enormous numbers of
5: times. That's right. So if you imagine that... uh, um, intelligence develops as fast in the next uh, five billion years as it has in the five billion years that have led from uh, no life to uh, us, then indeed, you could well imagine that happening. And then as you say, there would be more simulated universes than the original one. And so why aren't we in one of the simulated ones? And uh, I think that's an interesting Speculation. Uh, of course, how could we be sure we aren't in one? I think some people have said that it would be an imperfect simulation, and so we would expect various sort of glitches uh, where the uh, laws of nature do display irregularities we can't account for. Um, but uh, uh, it's an interesting speculation. And can, can we go further than that? Or that's. Well, I suppose the only way we can go further is that in the multiverse concept, we could perhaps imagine that there are other universes where the um, laws are even more propitious for the emergence of complexity and where it would be easier for something to uh, develop to the complexity of a supercomputer than it is on in this universe. And that would slightly strengthen the conclusion that we ought to be in a simulation rather than a real thing. And uh, we're, we shouldn't be going about
1: our lives, assuming that we're a simulation, I would assume. We should take ourselves and our Earth pretty seriously.
5: I think we should, although uh, people have said we might want to behave slightly differently if we thought we were in a simulation where those who are doing the simulation might pull the plug out if they get too bored. (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: there is one additional critical factor that we need to consider and that is, in principle, can the nature of consciousness and self-consciousness
5: be subject to simulation? Mm. Well, this is a very deep question, of course, whether consciousness is an automatic emergent property beyond a certain level of uh, complexity of cerebration, as it were, or whether it's separate. But recognizing
1: that if we get to that step, we still haven't answered the final question.
5: Well, that's right, but that may be the kind of question which it will demand a superhuman intelligence to understand which could be forever beyond our capacity. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Here's the simulation argument. There are five premises. If there are other intelligent civilizations somewhere, and if their technologies grow exponentially, and if they do not become extinct, and if there is no universal ban on running simulations, and if consciousness can be simulated, then the conclusion, it is likely that we are living in a simulation. The logic is sound which means that if you do not accept the conclusion, then you must reject at least one of the premises. Which to reject? Other civilizations? Exponential growth of technology? Early extinction? Simulations ban? Consciousness simulated? Whichever you choose, it must apply everywhere, in all universes, no exceptions, none whatsoever. Are we a simulation? Asking the question brings us closer to truth.
0: Closer to Truth, the definitive series on cosmos, consciousness, and God, airs on PBS and other non-commercial stations. For more episodes, complete interviews, and contributor bios, visit closertotruth.com.